Hi everyone. Welcome back to Film Fatales. Hello. <laughs> oh my god. The audience just podcast. are so excited. Um, <laughs> They're so week. excited that they stopped clapping abruptly. Hello, um, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. Um, what were we talking about this week? Well, I was in the middle of saying. Sorry, just I'm just so hello. excited about the movie. <laughs> So I'll let you do your thing. Um, we are talking about our third film in our Emma Stone month, and that is the 2019. What would you even call the genre of this film? A black comedy is what Wikipedia would call it. A, a black period period movie period film period historical drama. historical black comedy period piece <laughs> called this piece is entitled. <laughs> called the favorite the favorites applause 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 okay i'm gonna do it <laughs> um <laughs> did we leave did we did we live for this movie i think i'm gonna ask this question all the time did we you live? do ask that just, question all the time just do a quick check-in right i think we have to like have a really excited like jumping point of it did you live Yes, I live for this movie since I've seen this movie uh, back in 2019. This I have this has been on my top four on Letterboxd since I've had a Letterboxd. Really? This is your top four? This is I in there. Have, I would never guess that. It, it, it doesn't really register as like a top four movie for people. But like, well, like, it's in that, my top four. Well, okay, I'm not denying your, 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 your I'm just saying, like, you know when, when, when films have, like, a certain top four vibes? Um, like I what? I can't even think of what. Like, what has a top four vibe? Like, like commercially releases, you know, like, like um, the, the Lobster also, like, also by Yorgo Lanthimos, like, a, like a really classic top four kind of movie, but anyway. Irrelevant tangent. Um, you are erasing me and my letterboxed <laughs> existence and my feelings, and that's not okay. We'll talk about what replaced that top four in a second. Um, I'm interested to know. Why, why, did, why did you live for this movie? I didn't take notes on this one. I trusted my memory. Um, I just think this movie is, like, really... Uh, has everything that i need like it has three women three female actors at the core of it who all three of them absolutely turned the party in this movie smashed it um so just straight away truly queening out truly literally queening out so having no like out no out queening each other like actually (laughs) i think that this movie is um a really great just exploration of different human feelings it's it's really funny it's also so incredibly sad it's like so sad it's so tragic but then it's also so funny and it has all you know these three you know killer female actors at the center so why would i not live totally i'm totally with you on this but obviously there are like things that we we're going to talk more about it. It's like some of the parts that we might not see. But on paper, I feel like this is almost the perfect movie. Like, all choices are made. Like, this movie are almost, like, perf- perfect. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like, like we, we like last episode, I talked about like the way that I kind of watch movies. Like, I don't like movies that I become self-aware that I feel I'm not immersed in it. This movie okay. was a full ride of just like so invested in the whole world, and yeah, my creative brain is just completely shut off because all those choices are being like executed perfectly like from from shots from like acting choices from dialogue like just um i never felt like so in place when i'm i'm, I'm watching this movie um, was this your which, first the second time seeing it this is actually my third time watching it um what which did you I think, think when you, you know, first saw it the first i was a little bit lost because i watched it without subtitles and um uh as a kid who grew up in Asia. I just grew. I I just grew up familiar with like watching with subtitles and 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 just like more accustomed to kind of watching movies that way. But um, this time around and my second time around, I watched it with subtitles and I I got a lot more out of it. And um, it's so clever. This movie is just like amazing. Good with that. Um, have you watched Lobster? Quick question. Also starring uh, Rachel, um, not Rachel Weisz. Is it Rachel Weiss? Yes. Yes. Um, she's uh, um, the female lead on that. Um, so there are some like definitely some overlapping with it. I think you would live for the lobster. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've heard lots about it. I have seen this and I have seen poor things. And I want to say that's all I've seen from him. Yeah, um, I haven't I do, seen yeah. The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I've also been told to watch. Featuring um, Barry Keegan, Barry Colgan. Is that what yeah, I don't know how to yeah. say his last name, but... Um, yeah. It, it's definitely um, a dark film. It's definitely, like, like morbid, dark, um, but, like, human nature, like, about, like, the irony of human nature. Um, yeah. I really think I would love to see more films that set out to do what this film did which was take a historical figure and a historical period that actually existed and just like camp it up and pump it up with so <laughs> many like factual inaccuracies historical inaccuracies totally. like, and just like not give a fuck the, yes. what you're like representing in history like this this film right. really has nothing to do with history and it feels so like weirdly like subversive and just totally i want more of that i i want i'm done with historically accurate pieces i want only historically like biopics, inaccurate like not like only historically biopics. inaccurate <laughs> movies i only want inaccuracies totally um there has to be like there has to be more i'm thinking about like Sofia Coppola, um um uh queen queen let them eat cake. Who is it? By Kristen Dunst. Have you? I haven't. I haven't watched it. I've been meaning Marie to watch Antoinette? it. Marie Antoinette. Antoinette. Yeah, Marie Antoinette. Um, that's on my list. We probably want to do like oh, a I Kristen Dunst. Yeah, I would love to do a Kristen Dunst. Um, oh, I think great. if you like that, we probably should watch that. Um, I know that. Uh, one of our listeners, Luther. If you're listening, I know that you love that movie. I think you. I think we talked Does about. Does Luther that listen to our podcast? Yeah, our Luther does listen to our podcast. Hey. I hope you're listening. Um, but we should probably do like Christian that much. But um, jumping back to the movie, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I, I, I just love those like dramatic movies that doesn't rely on any any kind of 
like crutches, but just really mm-hmm. focusing on building really fleshed out and dimensional characters that that come into play any moment or like throughout the film, just like so constantly. Um, do you find the pacing a little bit slower, or like how no, do you find? No, I no, and I always make the mistake of watching films with my mother and i and like i mean not as a blanket statement like i will watch movies with my mom but i always make the mistake of watching like (laughs) these these kind of movies with my mom who is not who is not going to fully follow and she loves to like be on her ipad like coloring when she watches things so i need to watch movies with her that are pretty surface and so i always make the mistake of yeah. watching a little bit more so like la la <laughs> yeah literally she probably loves all of that um yeah. and she thought it was slow and boring but she says that about everything so i think this yeah. movie is so well paced i think that there is like this and again i've just seen this in poor things but um his films have such really like incredible scores to me i really love the score of this and of poor things where the score does a great job of like no matter what's happening on screen it's for one he really likes shots of people walking down hallways but no matter what's (laughs) happening on screen there's like there's like this this tension there's this building tension and there's tons of building tension in this movie between all all three of them at different angles and different times like they're in this weird convoluted love triangle and they all have different motives for doing it and i we don't understand we you know pretty clearly understand that emma stone's character is just trying to be a social climber we i don't think fully understand if rachel's character it seems almost that she's doing it for power and control which i think is you know, true, but then there also yep. seems to be like an actual love and an actual connection there, which maybe totally. f- has formed obviously over a longer period of time. So there's just a lot going on. There's a lot going yeah. on. There's Olivia Coleman, who is so Losing incredible in this movie. Losing her fucking mind on this movie. She is so incredible in this movie, and she just is like the most tragic but also hilarious character. Like she plays that character with such like childlike. Uh, innocence but also but also ignorance to everything that's going on like yeah and then there's just this constant heavy sinking feeling with her of like the tragedies of all of the children she's lost yeah the fact that she wants to be with women like there's just all so much the fact that the, the the cast it's so i think this speaks to your point about the film being subversive i think having such a historical point of view in this movie and taking that history piece, and I don't know how historically accurate this is. I, I think this is actually from like an actual history piece, but then um, having centering the whole plot around these three women and intentionally putting all of the male politics aside, and you get to yeah. like see how you know power gets reinterpreted in new ways that I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of new movies are can can tap into these days i think it's just our our like we, we live in such like patriarchal society i think we just like tend to see power as this like male coded thing but then to see out female like characters that can also reinterpret and take that power and like and and do these different things to each other i, I think that it that makes it a refreshing take i think you're least. right 
But there's one that I was reading that the only thing really accurate about this is that there was a Queen Anne and England really was at war with the French. Everything else is made up. Um, uh, I see what you're saying, but the, the sad thing is then again, we're struck with like this, again, heavy feeling. Queen Anne actually really kind of has no power at all. Like she... She She's has so many people in her ear and she just, she doesn't understand anything politically. She's incredibly dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's like sad. Like she's used as a, as a, a just an object to, to uh, fulfill other people's agendas. It's, as an icon, like royalty as an, as an icon, really. So I think like Rachel Weisz was really the queen in this movie, like yeah. in terms of making decisions and also like being this mouthpiece of, of, of the queen herself. Um, I think that that is like super clear in the movie and like trying to communicate that. But um, what let's, let's, did... let's actually talk about the, like, sorry, go for it. I want to know what, I mean, I geeked out about Olivia Coleman, who I think is my favorite part of this film, but what did you think of Rachel Weiss? Because I think that was your favorite part, wasn't it? She can do no wrong. She just like, just takes it like the fact that okay talk about costume first like the way that her corset sits so perfectly on her titties <laughs> and then there's a frame in this movie that like you know like she's turning sideways against queen's Anne bedroom and like she's opening up the curtains and like the light is just like bouncing on her corset and the titties it's just like <laughs> cinematic perfection to me <laughs> yeah uh, you probably don't remember it but like the way that she plays the character so well with like a certain com kind of command and also knowing exactly where to hit it with dialogue, with like body, body, you know, directing and also like angles. Right. I just find like she she's the lead of the, the she runs the show for uh, for most of it. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Olivia Coleman and uh, Emma Stone kind of acts as like supporting roles. Um, you That's think they act case. as supporting roles in this movie? Yeah, totally. No, I don't agree with you. I think I mean, that I think Olivia Coleman is quite clearly the like every the center of this film. Like everything surrounds her, engulfs her, and and feeds off of her. Like without her, there's no movie. Without Rachel Weiss, there could be a movie. Yeah. Yeah, that I I, I can see that. I, I think genuinely all three of them could have been nominated in the best actress category. I don't know. What if, what if there's like a category of like act best actresses in a movie? Like just nominate like them? group. Yeah, as as like a trio. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of here That's for kind it. Of fierce, right? Best duo know. trio in a movie. Best, best duo. Trio duo. In a movie. Yeah. Like it, 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 instead of like best actor, best actress, like you know, like the gendered side of things, like at, they just have a best duo, you know, like a lot of movies like rely on those kind of dynamics. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would be, but I don't like to be group work. I think people have different opinions about group work. <laughs> it's not group work. <laughs> no, because if you're nominated as a group, that, that means like your acting partner has to be some kind of like accountable and also has to be certain level of, you know, per right. perfect as well, you know. Um, right so hmm. that's um okay let's talk about i mean let's let's actually maybe talk about the person we're supposed to be talking about what do you think about emma stone in this movie emma stone uh 
I guess I do relate to to the character, but I think relating to the comics, I I love her performance in this. I just wish that she she still looks too perfect. Um, her background, okay, for context, her background was like her her father lost her in the house fire or something, and then her father sold her to to something or like she. Oh she my god! I like thought that. you were t- I thought you were telling me the context of Emma Stone's life. I was like, what? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, but her character, um, she basically just like got out of a ride, so she's like looking for a job in in the castle, which is like the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really brings up the it it speeds up the movie in a way that you know this person comes from a hardship place, and she's trying everything that she can to like to to get to where she wants to be at to um, social climb. She's trying to social, social climb. climb. Um, maybe like the case would be like you know like she's she looks so innocent outside, but then she has like obviously this nasty side of her. Um, I do have to say though, um, when she, Emma Stone first talked to Queen about she's the person that has been bring her to herbs, I think that was a little wooden. That feels a little like you know, girl, you're trying too much, kind of like you know. You don't have to try to, yeah. It just feels a little bit out of place, you know. That that feels a little bit like kiss assy, but you know, you gotta do what you I, gotta do, honestly. I think that this is what I need did from Emma Stone at the time. I feel like this is a role where she probably, I think Poor Things is a role where she's pushed herself the furthest, but we'll talk about that next week. But yeah. this, I think, up to this point is the role where she really starts to push herself as an actor and. Um, is her accent perfect all the time? No, but she's <laughs> her fabulous. Her accent work was great. She's, no, like, <laughs> she's, I mean, watch, we didn't talk about it. Watch Poor Things, and I think you'll see, like, her perfected British accent. And then oh, maybe she's, you'll, she's British in that? Yeah. And I think maybe oh, you'll, really? you'll look at this and say there's a couple moments where it's okay. Anyway, yeah. she's fabulous. I think she's fabulous in this movie. She plays the character really she plays a character who's desperate to, like you said, climb out of poverty, but is also like super, super intelligent and smart about it and like cunning. And is like that type of person who's able to see um, the gaps that could become opportunities for her to advance her social position. Yeah. Like she really plays that character well. And um, like that makes it a way more an interesting opportunist than mm-hmm. like, like Saltburn. You know, I don't like this movie. Plays, I, I think these are totally two different like movies, but there are certain parallels that you have to admit. Like, you know, the favorite plays on this, like Amazon, is this opportunist, but she plays by the moment, and the yeah. film doesn't really begin with telling you, "Oh, Amazon is going to become the favorite." You know, versus like Saltburn, yeah. you're almost being, you, you know, that like Barry Keegan is going to survive at the end. Like she. She has this like he has this master plan of like taking over. In that comparison, I think the favorite makes it a way more complex like opportunist and like a cunning version, like a cunning person. Um, yeah, no, it's Emma's... way more fleshed out. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Abigail is her character's name. I don't remember. She is uh, a, a like a quick thinking character. Like she puts herself 
cleverly into a situation where she can jump on opportunity as she sees it. And that even comes in the form of, you know, seducing the queen. So I think she plays that super well. Now, I'm going to feel bad for saying this. I'm going to feel very bad for saying this because we've dedicated a month to her and I love and respect her. She is outacted on both sides in this movie. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like she is, she holds her own, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, I think Olivia Coleman's yeah. the best part of this movie, but both of them, I think act circles around her. Yeah. I think the, it, this is especially apparent when it's the, the last quarter of the movie when right. Rachel Weisz is not in the picture anymore and Abigail has taken over the reins a little bit. Um, there's a certain kind of like like glimmer lost in the movie when the tension kind of lost a little bit. But but I think that is necessary to kind of push the final you know realization at the, at the very end of the movie. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like like acting with these two veterans, you you just you just can't right like yeah. Um, but if you're like a younger actress, like I I. Um, maybe it would be an interesting twist if, you know, Abigail and Sarah, the two the two characters are switched from the beginning. Like, what if Rachel Weiss was the the dark horse, like the the opportunist, um, like an older, like using her older charm. But that doesn't work because then, like Emma Stone plays the like, as we know, she plays like the doughy eyed ingenue new girl in town girl next door she's a like, new she girl just, in town she, again she's a she, new girl she in is, town. she is but this is the best portrayal of the new girl in town that she's ever done like totally it's, it's great and um i forget what i was gonna say oh no i lost it do you think um what do you think about like gender politics of the movie i think this movie is like clever in a way that it's almost like post-gender it's maybe like too aggressive like not too it's really progressive to a way that we're we now look like 2024 now looking way backwards in comparison to the conversation that the characters are having in the film right um maybe it's just the fact that they're british (laughs) i don't know i don't know i mean this this movie deals with gender and class obviously but yeah the way it it deals with them almost like you know linked together because gender um gender for the poor is so is such a huge uh factor in how they're treated like her dad has sold her right like she oh, has oh, to clean and blah 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 and then she sneaks her way into high society yeah and she sneaks her way into high society and now up there we're beyond gender up there we're right you know, it's not as yeah. big of a thing. And then the fact that the fact that she has to really quickly secure herself as a lady so that she mm-hmm. remains untouched by Sarah. Um, yeah, like she, like I think, I think Emma Stone. Again, I think this kind of we're picking up some of the threads from like EVA and and like she's this like quirky but intelligent, socially aware like person. Um, right. And this movie kind of plays like the twisted side of her. Um, yeah, like I, 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 I think I'm kind of lost in thoughts here. But this movie really, really like makes me like little like crazy about these kind of specific genre. 
I'm just struggling to find like any other similar movies that I'm trying to can, I, I can draw a comparison. I can't think of any that I've ever seen, and I think that's why this is in my top four. And may, I'm sure there are ones that have been made before this that are similar in in concept or theme or implementation. But uh, this movie is, was so striking for me when I saw it. It's so enjoyable. Like I really cannot emphasize how much this movie both makes me laugh and makes me cry and like that is so rare to find in a movie one that genuinely does both everything everywhere is another example like i like i laugh and cry every time i watch it it's just like that's hard to do that's hard to do hard to, what are the parts that made you laugh um when I she has her it. when she has her makeup done like a clown and rachel says oh, she looks like a badger, a badger. <laughs> <laughs> and then she yells at that guard like it's so funny. That 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 yelling scene it's feels sad. like improv to me. Like I know that Olivia can do the improv. That feels like an improv to me. Oh, Could have been, but it's it's fabulous. And I feel like for Emma, I don't know. I feel like this really is a turn, and that's why I think pivoting to this was a good idea. I think this is a turning point in her career. And this is not an old movie. Like we're kind of talking about this movie like it was ten years ago. It was less than five years ago. Um, that this came out so uh you know we've yet to see i guess what the true trajectory after this film will be but i feel like la la land oscar winner she secured herself as you know certified traditional movie star great yeah this movie i feel like she's now like pushing the envelope of of what kind of project she wants to do now that she is that you know traditional movie star she has the freedom she has the freedom and also maybe partially feels the motivation to prove that that's not the pressure it's the pressure to like okay i'm being i'm I'm being known for winning an oscar for this role like for me the worry is like what am i gonna do now like yeah what are the roles though like you can't just like shave your head and reinvent yourself um I think actress, actress in general, like I'm thinking about some of the past episodes that we did, like um, it, it's kind of hard to track an actress transformation in the way that they kind of pick roles. Um, right. We talked about Angela Bassett. We talked about um, who else? Michelle Yeoh. No, it's hard to, it yeah. is, I mean, like it's impossible for us to know why they choose yeah. the roles that they do. Yeah. I think with age, it's also coming to like a like an important factor in it. Um, I think like Emma Stone is still in her prime years. I would say yet to see. Um, she's young. She's like a young actress. So um, yeah, she is I young. Think, she's thirty five. Yeah, the roles are always going to be there, but I think like I think a lot of like, I mean, with reference with examples like Michelle Yeoh and also Angela Bassett, like the older actresses get like I think harder. Hollywood right now, as it's gonna get better, like there's like a little bit less roles for for older characters. I um, think, I mean, all I can do is hypothesize, and I like I said, hypothesize that she she proved herself as like a traditional movie star, and now has the freedom or the pressure or the motivation for whatever reason to push herself into these weirder roles. And I think we'll continue that thread. We'll put a pin in that and continue that thread next week because poor things is probably the most transformative role she's done. I can't wait to see that movie. The way that you kind of like speak to 
generally positive about it. I'm just curious. Am I defending? I don't want to build it up, and then you're disappointed. No, but <laughs> I think there's a reason. I think there's a reason that she she worked with what's his face again. I always forget his name. Yorgos again Yorgo because yeah. the way that he does things, I think, is so unique. And I think that that. I don't know. That's just where she's at in her career. I'm speaking like yeah. I text her and she's my best friend, but that's just how <laughs> I, I, feel. I I think some of the some like from La La Land to here from the favorite. I I do think there's just half a step more of, of in terms of acting choices and in terms of acting range. I I don't see What's a lot of growth those? in it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like works that are from 2016 to 2019. Um. She was in. Sorry, sorry. You were saying you don't continue your thought. You were saying you don't think there's a lot of growth from La La Land to this. I don't think so. Um, oh no, I, think... I misquoted it. I said 2019. It's 2018. Ugh. 2018. So in the short span of two years. Okay, um, when was the Spider Man of? Oh, that of was her before. and Andrew Garfield. That was the when, same what? year as. That was the same year as Birdman. That was 2014. Mm, interesting. Um. Yeah, what what are the films that that she acted in between? All she did in between La La Land and this was Battle of the Sexes. Oh, interesting. I should probably check it out. I'm surprised that she really didn't act it that much in the two years. Um, but then after this, you know, she does Cruella, which is more commercial. Um, she did I think the, like, the Zombieland sequel. <laughs> yeah, instead of thinking her like acting range, like I think it's like maybe more helpful to think about like her niche like she's definitely not like an indie actress um, much like some of the actresses that we have explored like she sits right. really well with like mainstream but just a slightly left of mainstream mm-hmm. maybe that's a good way to put um, it yeah um so that she she does have like that flexibility to like explore a little bit more but then she always like have that like you know mainstream commercial success like guarantee that she kind of can bring um yeah i think i that yeah. i think poor things is probably gonna sit somewhere on the more left of that maybe everything she does is usually produced by one of the big guys so mm. um yeah. uh like she her first film was super bad which was like columbia pictures like even that was a big thing yeah which is super an interesting bad. thing to know because we have you know margot robbie doing movies like i see you so it's just a it's just a different She's also Australian so. trajectory, I guess. Totally. Um yeah. There's some parallels between the two probably. Um let's jump back to fa- favorite. Um I don't know much I, else like, to say, Jeff. I I think the the title was a little bit weird to me. The favorite. I don't think the movie really like pushed that envelope that way in terms of Of course it did. You know, no, having Olivia, Olivia Coleman, the queen, kind of choosing a favorite. I, I don't see, like, that trope played a little There's bit There's not going to be, like, but... an exclusive, but you see them consistently switch. You see Rachel and Emma consistently switch between being her favorite and how they're treated. And fighting over each other to be her favorite for the sake of having her her power and control. But in that way, it's it's almost like Olivia character is almost like this pit stop that Rachel and kind of Emma have to like go through before you know, like actually gaining some kind of legitimacy in 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 in, the, in their role. Um, that's my like right. that's my only little gripe with the movie. Um, 
Um, otherwise, I think it's like the picture perfect movie. Um, and I would actually consider this my top four. Actually, now I have second thoughts about this movie. Top four. I love this movie. Um, should we talk about our top four? I know that it's like a weird tangent, but um, yeah, what's your top four? four, four right basic. Away? My top four is quite basic, and one of them is not even a movie. <laughs> um, my top four. It's been my top four for a while, but it's um Moonlight, the favorite. Uh, uh, limited series with Michaela Cole called "I May Destroy You." And um, everything everywhere. Interesting. Do you find that sometimes you're like self aware that your your top four is like mainstream, and then you're like, Um, I'm not gonna put that. I try not to be like I try. I feel like with Letterbox and even making this podcast, sometimes I feel a lot of pressure to have like a hot take or like a unique take. But like if I loved a movie that the rest of the world loved, like I just loved that movie. Yeah. I think the only way to, to kind of argue against that is what if I'm just liking it for like for the the most simple reasons, which also is legitimate, but like what am I what is the point of I mean, I'm just bullshitting. Um yeah, I'm 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 a stop. You having um, strange days on your top four? My favorites are uh Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, uh Strange Days. Eat, drink, man, woman by Ang Lee, and also Stranger by the Lake. Um, yeah, I did really love Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Yeah, did we watch it together? We did. Yeah, we should we should do like a Betty Davis one. That'd be fun. We were originally gonna do like a Joan Crawford one, but but we kind of we we didn't do it. We we dropped off. Okay, we don't we need to remind off. people, Jeff. <laughs> um, sorry, this is a weird tangent. No apologies, but um. Do you have any concluding thoughts? (laughs) Concluding thoughts about um, the favorite? favorite? No, it's fabulous. I it reignited the the boredom I started to feel for Emma Stone, and I'm stoked to talk about poor things next week as kind of an extension of this because it's same director, same star, etc. Yeah, I wonder their working style. Um, You probably can't hear me now. Uh, I wonder their working style in terms of like, are they like, do they choose each other in their projects or like, is is your Lanzamo is kind of like go to actress, you know, like, um, just I like think Todd he Haynes. Asked her, I think he asked her to be in poor things. Interesting. Um, uh, just like Todd Haynes with Julianne Moore, because like they're they're they've been working with so many films all together. It's like this creative partnership. So, um. I'm excited to talk about next week with with four things. I still need to watch. I do want to do a Julianne Moore. I do want to do a Julianne Moore. We should totally uh, do a Julianne Moore month. Uh, Anyways, that's enough rambling. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Film Fatales Pod. Yeah, and you can listen to our podcast and also catch up on our past episodes. And most importantly, leave a five-star rating. That will be super helpful. Um, and next week, we're going to talk about four things. So stay Woo-hoo. tuned. So All right. thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Not to change the subject, but I just was like looking down at it. Like it was my newborn child.
I was like, this is a statue of a naked man. That's <laughs> very creepy <laughs> staring at it. So hopefully I'll look at a newborn child differently.